Okay, then. Ron Wolfley. Ron Wolfley. What is up? <laughs> Witch Buster. Extraordinaire. Love that guy. Luke Lipinski. Yay. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind, I can never get enough. Every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go up. Durant trailing the play, hesitates, takes it to the rim, and lays it in. There you go, the first bucket for KD in a Suns uniform, and it comes on a dribble drive and a left-hand finish. And they stay there, and they stay there. Pass Williams. He's blocked by Durant. It's taken by Thor. He put it off the rim. No good. And Chris Paul gets the board. There's the first rejection from KD. And now he gets it open on the left side for three. And that is all net for Kevin Durant. All I do, all I, all I, all I, all I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my mind. I can never get it done. And every time I step up in the building, everybody hands go Gordon Hayward on the dribble, throws a pass, right side, Williams gets it blocked in his face by Durant, that's his second rejection of the night. And they stay there, and they stay there, and they stay there, Straight to Durant, outlet pass to a streaking Booker for the right hand jam in transition, and that was set up by Katie's vision. Gives to Durant, pull up 20 footer, count it, and the foul as he gets knocked down to his backside. KD with a deuce and the damage. And they stay there. This is this is good, Luke. Do we have more? Is there more in the kitchen? I was just going to start the show by laughing the whole time, but I didn't even have to. But it is. This feels good, doesn't it? I tell you, we are uh, obviously live from the auction community studios. Wolf and Luke here on a Wednesday, Thursday morning. What day is it? Sunday, Katie it is Day? Thursday. Thursday. Yes, oh, it Thursday. Is. Look at that. Ah, March. March is here. How fun was that last night? It was awesome, man. Let's just face it right now, right? It was great. So, Look, everybody, so it's KD and Asanjo Devar. This is how we did show prep today. We we were very serious about it. We were like, okay, this is what we're going to talk about here. We're going to do 10 15. We're going to get into this. But we purposely didn't give any of our genuine reactions in normal conversation. Wolf almost just fell right out of what, his chair. That's what, how big of a deal is going on with that, man? <laughs> that's a very high chair to fall out of, too. Um, but we purposely, oh, that's not good. You're okay, just here missing we go. a leg don't, on don't your worry, chair. It's busted right now. How about that? <laughs> we have a busted chair in the city. Don't worry now. about it. Just walk through it. Just do your broadcast. Do your job. So anyway, the whole point of that was we haven't like we haven't given our genuine. We've just been like waiting to talk about what we saw last night. We didn't give any way during right. the pre-show meeting. So but where you do you want to start, Wolf? Right I, I want to know where you want to start on Kevin Durant and what you saw last night. I could not help but think. 
how many Suns fans that were kind of, and I get it, I get it, but how many Suns fans that were like kind of on the fence about this and like, yeah, I understand it's probably the right move, but look at what we gave up. And, you know, I, like I said, you, you had to wait three weeks for him to play while Mikel's just going off in Brooklyn. How many of them were like, oh, he's better than anybody's ever played for the Suns? I didn't realize that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know it, but the, until you see it, you're like, oh, he can just make a 20 foot shot. And he's uncoverable because he's seven feet and he doesn't miss the shots. And that's just going to be there every game, no matter who they play. You know, for me, it was so human what happened in the first three or four minutes of this game because they they looked a little disheveled for the first three or four minutes. They were missing shots. They looked a little messed up right there. They were still up 11 nothing. I mean, think about it. Well, they got up 11 nothing eventually, but you could see there was a little jitter. And um, it wasn't just with the Phoenix Suns. It was also with Kelly Oubre, who started the game over eight. Yeah, that was just weird. Saying, that was weird. It's right? weird seeing Oubre out really there. really did a great job. Actually, he played a very good game. But, uh, yeah, they did. At the 7.30 mark, they were up 11 nothing. 11-0 is what they went up before the Hornets scored their first basket. Charlotte never had a lead in this game. But, man, they looked – it looked – KD bricked his first shot. Did you see? That was kind of a brick off the Iron Man. I am Iron Man. He just, he didn't, yeah, he didn't make his first shot right there. But KD first, man. That, to me, uh, was one of the coolest things to see. Uh, Writing down, his first field goal happened on the fourth possession. It was a layup. I love the fact it was a layup. That was so cool with the left hand as well. Not a three. Oh, no, not the mid-range, but it was a layup. Nice. But then the block in the three just a minute later was uh, was nice as well. Look, 23.6 rebounds. It's not like the numbers are amazing. They're fine. He played 27 minutes in the game. It's... It's watching him play. You realize some of the stuff he's doing cannot be defended. It can't be defended. And that, that's why he's been so good his entire career. When Kevin Durant is on, you can't defend him. Now, I know the pushback is, oh, big deal, you beat Charlotte. It's not even, it's not that. <laughs> what Kevin Durant does, nobody can defend. And honestly, if you ask where I'm really thinking, I'm thinking Devin Booker scored 37 points, and I feel like it was the easiest 37 points of his career. I think you're right. Yeah, they yes. look like they forgot to cover Devin Booker because they can't cover Devin Booker. Yeah, now once again, I, I know it's Charlotte, ladies and gentlemen, and they were missing their best player. Of course, I, I do. I, I don't want to get crazy about this, but you know, it was Kevin Durant out on the floor, and to your point, it's not like suddenly Kevin Durant is going to play, oh, I don't know, the Boston Celtics and not be able to hit a mid-range shot, you know, or hit a three. It's not like he's not going to be able to be Kevin Durant for the grind out loud. So to me, again, um, to your point about how unstoppable he looked, and not only that, but how easy it looked for Book. Those two things, huge takeaways in this game. Yeah, they, uh, they'll get Chicago tomorrow, and then, I mean, I think the game we're all waiting for now is Dallas in Dallas on Sunday. You get uh, you get KD and Booker against Luka and Man, Kyrie. Oh, that's just going to be so good. It's, How do you t- You could not schedule it any better than You really than couldn't. That. 11 a.m. on Sunday, just cancel whatever you have going on Man. for about two and a half hours. I, I mean, we're at the point, and I think for a lot of Suns fans, they are typically this way, but it's... 
it's can't miss viewing or listening if you're listening to the radio. But you just, you can't you can't miss it right now because there is an element of the unknown. But it was encouraging to see Kevin Durant after having not played for almost two months, just look like Kevin Durant. Like it, it's. He will have much better games than that, but if that's your game where you're easing back into it, yeah, it's, it's pretty encouraging. Yeah, no, it is. Um, okay, I'm gonna pull back the curtain a little bit for you, Basin Orleans, right here. He, the block shot, his first block shot, right? Yeah, you like that. early on, early yeah. on in the first quarter. Guys, just talking about it. the block shot and then the ensuing possession down the floor. It was his first three ball attempt as a Phoenix Sun, and his first block shot, of course. But the combination of the block shot and then all of a sudden the three ball attempt, I, I and he made it. Of course, I stood up in the compound, man, turned into fanboy for like three seconds, and then calmed down and looked around to see if anyone was looking at me. It was like, <laughs> oh boy, like you were in a library. Well, I mean, they knew just, what you were watching. I, I, honestly, it was so weird right now. Just give me a jersey with a, a different man's name on the back of it. It just felt so weird. Turned me into fanboy immediately. I don't want to go to break. I just want to keep talking about uh, the Suns. But you know what? Here's the good news. When we come back, we're going to talk to John Bloom about the Suns. Get his thoughts on what he saw last night. Okay. Guessing he's going to be fairly excited because he is John Bloom, and there's a lot to be excited about. Of course. That's uh, that's next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. John Bloom is joining us on the Arizona Sports Line right now to talk about Kevin Durant's debut last night. He called the game. Bloomer. Bloomer, what's going on, buddy? What is happening, fellas? Uh, no overreacting, just enjoying. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that was fun Johnny, last there night. There was a lot of enjoying to do as I was watching that game last night. How did you feel watching Kevin Durant out on the floor? Uh, I enjoyed the heck out of it. Are you kidding me? Uh, you know, look, there, there's a, a thing with me and Wolf. I think you've experienced it firsthand because we did some Cardinals games uh, side by side. Uh, when I put a headset on to do play by play, that's like my happy place. Yeah. Uh, so just to call any game. But then uh, to do it for a team that I've been a fan of for 35 years now yeah. um, and uh, have been working for for 15 years and then have been waiting along with the rest of the fan base for three months or three weeks rather to watch this guy play in a son's uniform uh yeah it, there was a lot of anticipation going in as we all knew so for it to live up to all its billing and, and perhaps exceed it uh with a standpoint of the enjoyment factor and the excitement level in a you know march first game against the charlotte hornets who are buried at the bottom of the eastern conference yeah i think it was uh, it was a pretty special night bloomer it's it's one game i get all that um and it's early to to look at any like you know big picture stuff but did any anything surprise you last night? I mean, that's kind of who Kevin Durant has been his entire career. I mean, if anything, those numbers are are lower than he's going to get when he's playing a full game. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, point. And I think maybe if anything, it was how good they were defensively in that first half. Uh, that both, both uh, Tim Kenton and I looked at each other at the end of the first half and said, "Wow!" I mean, that was a defensive masterclass that they just put on. Granted, they're playing against a team that's struggling, but to hold them to the percentages that they did—forty-one uh, points, I think—is what they gave up. Uh, they were blocking shots left and right. They were deflecting passes. They were all over the place because they had a high energy level 
and they were focused. And uh, so that's maybe the thing that stood out to me as something I didn't anticipate, but something I am looking forward to seeing a lot more of, because if they do that, I mean, that is just going to make them even more dangerous. So much of the talk is about pick your poison on offense, but defensively, they could be a problem. Yeah, you know what, Johnny? I'm so glad you said that, because that was one of my big takeaways as well, is just how well they played on the defensive end of the floor, and that's something that we're going to watch as the season unfolds before us with KD, of course, because is it a possibility somehow, some way, they actually are better collectively on the defensive end of the floor with KD? Is that a possibility? I think it's a possibility, which is mind-blowing because you gave up a guy who finished second in the Defensive Player of the Year voting, in essence. I mean, he was he was definitely in the running. Uh, and Kevin Durant is so good on offense that people lose track of his ability on the other side. Uh, so I, I do think that when you have two guys with the length of him and D.A., uh, not just being able to, to protect the rim, which, which both of them can do, uh, but to also go out there and bother um, shooters with their length, that's a problem. And then uh, Josh Okogi. Let's not oh, sleep yeah. on that guy. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we, we I know he's not going to potentially stuff a box score, uh, although he did uh, during the stretch where he was getting a bulk of minutes and an opportunity to, to play on offense. But now it's just like, all right, J.O., go lock up the top player on the other team. That's your job. And do all the other little things that you're going to do. It, it is so invaluable to have a guy like that. Yes. We're talking to John Bloom. Uh, Bloomer, another thing that really stood out in that game, Devin Booker's had 37-point games before, but it felt like last night a lot of those points came with nobody on him relative to the coverage he usually sees out there. Now, again, it's Charlotte, and we keep putting that caveat out there. I want to see how they do against Milwaukee, but uh, for me, I don't know how much what KD and Devin Booker do is really going to change based on the opponent because I don't know how you cover both of them. That's the thing. Uh, there will be a few teams that might have the personnel to where they can, you know, at least uh, stay with them. I, I don't think they're going to stop them. And, uh, you know, th- there's going to be, uh, you know, problems or times where this team is going to struggle offensively. I'm not trying to say this is a locomotive that is just on uh, and is not going to be slowed down. I, I think there's still going to be fits and, and, and spurts with this team, uh, just like any team that's coming together for the first time. But to look as fluid as they did last night was impressive. Uh, and then to think about the different dynamics uh, that they can have, especially considering that you didn't get much offensively from Chris Paul. I think he was one for eight. Uh, you didn't get uh, any uh, uh, field goals from Josh Okogie, and he has shown the ability to knock down shots. Then you can get other guys uh, contributing as well. I love what Torrey Craig did last night, and TJ Warren is another unsung hero in last night's game. He was all over the place defensively. Yes. If he can do that, then he probably is going to fight his way onto the floor some more uh, with this group, but that's the challenge right now, is beyond just looking at what other teams are going to do with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, is what is Monty Williams going to do to solidify the roles of those other players because I do feel like that is vital in these last you know 18 games or so is to to really identify it not just for Monty and his staff but for those specific players yeah. so that they're comfortable within those roles I mean so, you guys know that's to me that's so important to success yeah Johnny that's just what I was going to ask you right there what did you think I, I know it's one game it's one game what did you think about Monty Williams in the rotations that he used 
I'm not going to be, uh, you know, critical of it, but I am going to just kind of uh, evaluate it with an open mind like he has told us. He's looking at it uh, with an open mind and, and trying to just be dynamic with the situation that is at hand. And so last night you saw Jock Landale out there. Uh, so you ne- had another big with Kevin Durant yeah. when they were staggering when Booker and Durant were on the floor. I love that outlook about what they're trying to do. If they keep KD and Book on the floor through an entire game, so one of the other are always playing i mean to me you have a number one scoring option and that's at all times how can you do that and most teams can't so that is an advantage if they're able to somehow uh, manipulate the rotations to have it be that way and i think that will wait until kd has his full minute allotment right now he's on that restriction last night it was just shy of 27 minutes we'll see how long that goes i'm sure they they have a plan and they may adjust that plan as that goes as well uh so i do think that they're keeping an open mind and I think that's the proper way to do it is it a tryout is it a an audition right now for guys like Akogi and Tory Craig and TJ Warren and Terrence Ross and uh, you know we haven't even talked about Landry Shamit coming back from an injury which you hope to see if he can make a contribution I mean there's a lot of guys uh, to feed if you will and and some of them are just going to probably have to be patient and see if they get an opportunity to eat we're talking to John Bloom. Uh, is that is that your biggest storyline here that you're watching in the in the last uh, six weeks? We got six weeks before the playoffs start, like six weeks in a couple days. Is it the rotation and how pieces fit in around that main four, or what else do you think they need to accomplish here in these final few weeks? Yeah, I think it's building up the the momentum uh, and and certainly staying healthy. Keeping your key members healthy is is by far the most important thing right now. We all know how vital that's going to be for them to be uh, get the ultimate success uh, in the playoffs. So that's number one. Uh, the rotations, yes, it's a big thing, and that's for the coaching staff to figure out. I don't think it's for anybody to freak out about. You know, I know fans love to go back and forth about, oh, why is this guy playing twelve minutes or this guy's playing eight? That's not really going to determine this team's. Uh, you know, long-term future in the playoffs, but it is important. I like I said, I feel like for the players to really have an idea about their roles, specifically going in, so they can maximize their potential in those roles. That's just my own kind of nerdy look at sports, but it, we'll see. I think that they have the guy, the right guys, and and now it's going to be about figuring out who's right for which situations. And so uh, you have faith in this coaching staff; they're going to figure that out. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch this team come together, especially with last night. Being the way they started it off. What did you think about DA and how DA played? I loved it. I loved it. I loved the energy level from him. Uh, you know, he was still the defensive anchor. Uh, you know, early on it was KD getting a couple blocks. Then I think even Book got a couple blocks. DA got one later. Uh, and it wasn't just, the, you know, the deflections, but it was also being in the right spots and securing those defensive rebounds. Wolf, that is going to be uh, something he's going to gobble up if he stays focused and committed like it seems like he is. Uh, he might be the biggest benefactor. We've talked about this before yeah. of Kevin Durant being a Phoenix Sun. There's just going to be a lot of open looks. KD talking about the after the game was great too, hearing him kind of gush about the big fella and what he does offensively because, you know, I know Kevin knows a ton about Book. I know he he knows the entire repertoire of Chris Paul, but sometimes when you get to a new team, you get enlightened by some things that you might not know all that much about. And maybe he has heard the negative stuff about Aiton from afar, and now he's actually getting to see what this dude's really like, like the rest of us have as well. So I think 
think he's pretty pleased so far what he's seen. Talking to John Bloom, uh, Bloomer, KD after the game too, he, he, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he basically said, I just wanted to fit in and show these guys what I could do and I want to be coachable. That second part's a direct quote. Um, you know, for, for Suns fans that know KD from afar and they saw him win titles with Golden State and they saw him involved in whatever that was in Brooklyn and maybe they remember him in Oklahoma City. I, I thought that was a pretty telling way to introduce yourself. That sounds like a guy that just made the team, not a guy that's one of the top 10 or 15 players of all time. Exactly. Uh, and, and to be honest, I, from everything that I've seen and watched and heard from Kevin Durant, uh, he, he seems humble. And that's so rare when you've reached that status, you know, to be called one of the greatest to ever do it uh, and have that humility is big. And But yet he gets bashed a little bit about that humility uh, because some people want him to be the ultimate alpha dog. Well, not everybody is. You know, you could be that great at something and not be a dominant force amongst other men. You don't have to take over a room just because you excel more than anybody else around you. Sometimes you can just go out and do it, and everybody else will kind of pick up their level of effectiveness because of that. So that's kind of my hope. I know there, there's been some people that have bashed him and said, well, he's riding coattails of other people, and why can't he lead his team to the promised land? Uh, I think that that is um, fodder for, for people that just need stuff to, to try to ruffle up feathers or get to stir a pot. I mean, it, it doesn't add anything. Kevin Durant is one of the best scorers. He is probably the most unguardable basketball player on the planet, and now he's a Phoenix Sun, and we are darn lucky to have him. Can't argue with any of that. Johnny, thank you, man. Appreciate your time, buddy. Always fun talking to you fellas, and uh, let's hope we get a lot more nights like last night. Yeah, Indeed. I think we will. Thanks a lot, Bloom. That's, uh, that's, that's John Bloom joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. Text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. I'm guessing people have thoughts after what they saw last night. And remember, that's just scratching the surface. You know what I mean? That wasn't like, hey, that was KD's greatest game ever. No, he was just kind of getting back into it with a new team. Uh, when we come back, we'll flip over to football. What do the Cardinals hope to get out of the NFL Combine that's going on this week? We will uh, we'll get into that, actually, because they've spoken on it. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, thanks to John Bloom for joining us there. We've got a few more Suns guests on the show today. There's going to be a lot of Suns talk today, as you would imagine. Yeah. Oh, darn. <laughs> what a shame. Uh, now I'm just looking. I know they play Chicago tomorrow, but the Dallas game on Sunday. Um, we're going to flip over to football here, though, because the Cardinals have set their coaching staff. Wolf, they got the whole thing set up now. So now you've got your GM, your assistant GM. Adrian Wilson has left. Uh, Cam Turner left to go to the Colts and be their quarterback coach. And the Cardinals filled out their coaching staff officially yesterday. So let's start there. Any specific name stand out to you that is or isn't on that list? You know, I not really. Uh, I will say that Buddy Morris and the retention of Buddy Morris as the strength and conditioning coach, not a surprise that the Arizona Cardinals kept him. Not a surprise that J.G., Jonathan Gannon, coming in, didn't want Buddy Morris. He's one of the best in the National Football League, so that really is not a surprise to me. They kept him, but I thought that was great. 
because I love Buddy, of course, personally. Spencer Whipple as well being retained. I thought that was interesting. Overall, um, no talk of Mike Zimmer actually coming on board, being a mentor coach, if you will, being an assistant head coach. And that was the kind of thing, that was something that I was a little geeked yeah, up a lot. A little to see might I knew it was a long shot. I knew it was a long shot. I knew that. But Mike Zimmer and the way that J.G., of course, knows Mike Zimmer and Nick Rollis knows Mike Zimmer as well. I just thought maybe there was a possibility somehow, some way that Zim might actually end. And who knows? At some point in time, that may happen. Tom Moore to Bruce Arians, if you will. Yeah, yeah. who knows? Spencer Whipple uh, coming back is probably the biggest name as far as if you're a Cardinals fan, you're looking up and down the list. I'm not going to read everybody to you. There's quite a few names on here. But, yeah, there's no Mike Zimmer. There's no big name that pops that you're like, oh, yeah, okay, I know him. He used to be a head coach somewhere else. I mean, that <laughs> that's I always like that, even though it doesn't always work out. When you get a former head coach as like a – defensive assistant or yes. something or a senior advisor because like oh okay you have a couple of these guys with this experience uh, it doesn't happen there but it does now set the stage for your you're turning the page what's next yeah that's what's really really cool about this right now um it's progressing it is progressing with the arizona cardinals they have solidified their front office um it seems as though they have um uh, taken some opportunities with guys like uh, Quentin Harris, by way of example, and they are solidifying that front office. Uh, Dave Sears, of course, we all know how important he is to Monty Ossenfort, but it seems like the front office now has solidified a little bit, which is great, and now the coaching staff has been formulated as well. Um, you know the front office. If you listen to Monty Ossenfort, he's talking about working with the coaching staff and letting them know their role in player evaluation and what they expect out of those coaches. So it's moving along right now. And what is next is the combine. That's what it is. It's confusing because we have the combine on uh, on one of the screens in here. And Kevin O'Connell just uh, just ran the 40, or they were showing a ver- at least a, a replay of it. But not Kevin O'Connell, I don't think, who's coaching Minnesota. I think okay. it was a Kevin O'Connell, a prospect. <laughs> I was like, out of San Diego State. I was like, wait a minute, how can, can you can you do both? What is he pulling a Rich Eisen? Is that what you're saying? Player coach? Uh, no. Okay, so here you are. You're, I mean, the combine is here this week. They were just showing a highlight of Will Anderson scoring a touchdown uh, earlier this season for Alabama. This is Monty Austin Ford, who's obviously at the combine. He was asked earlier this week, "All right, what do you want to get out of this experience?" I think for for us, the the most important thing that we get out of this week is the medical evaluations, is the players being here and, and having our doctors and having our trainers getting a chance to examine the players and just find out where they are physically. And really the second most important thing that I that I get out of this is the face-to-face time when we interview with the players. Um, and that, that's been great. We started that last night um, both in the in the formal settings and the informal meetings that our coaches are doing. Uh, those have been those have been great. And those we get a lot out of those, those meetings and we'll continue to work through those this week and then we'll get into the workouts as well those are important um, as well but I'd, I'd put the medical and the interviews up above the uh, the on-field workouts <laughs> I love that right there that is, that is such a general manager answer it is a GM that's such an answer right listen the general manager once again so much of uh, an NFL owner's uh, imports and hiring a general manager. It has to do with this guy coming in and setting the strategy. 
the strategy. This is what we're going to do. The GM is so critical in setting that strategy because the GM is going to hire or have a huge influence on hiring the head coach and a lot of his assistants as well. So not only is the general manager putting together the head coach and his coaching staff, but it's also acquiring players, the players you're going to bring in here. That's what you're going to do. That's a big part of it. So as a general manager, you're worried about, oh, man, give me these medical reports right now because we're talking about bringing this guy in here. Give me the medical reports where a coach who works with the players on the tactical level is thinking to himself, you know what? What kind of dude is this? What what kind of dude am I going to be working with right here? You know, players come and go. They get hurt all the time, of course. But I want to know right now what kind of dude I'm working with on the tactical level. It makes perfect sense. The coaches care about the tactical level. The general managers and the front office personnel, give me the facts. Just give me the facts. Give me a healthy player. I'm not talking about working with this guy. I just want to know what's his medical. That's uh, more from Monty Austin Fort right here on how he's uh, leaning on the the college staff here, the guys that are are really good at this stuff in particular. It's got to be fun, right, if you're Monty Austin Fort. I mean, I understand from the Cardinals fans' perspective, it's like, all right, does this guy, hopefully he knows what he's doing because he's never done this before right. and, and you you still carry the baggage of last season and beyond but if you're Monty Austin for it your first job as a GM you get to come in and hire an assistant GM and a coach and you basically get to rebuild a team from scratch at its most basic level that's why you want to be a general manager. I mean, you want to win Super Bowls, but at the start, you want to be able to build your team to do it. He talked about how he's going to lean on the college assistants, though, uh, this week and, and leading up to the draft. I think that's one advantage that, that hiring some of these college coaches has. They bring some institutional knowledge of players. Um, you know, it, it may be players that they coached. It may be players that they recruited. Um, and so those are things that we're going to lean on. Uh, I, I'm a fan of any information, as long as it's good information, uh, helps us in our evaluation process and so uh, we will we will gather all that that we can from them and we will use that to help us paint a picture of, of each prospect that they they have some intimate knowledge of and we'll use that to our advantage as we begin to evaluate these players your thoughts on that Lope? I, I mean I th- this is this is the bloodline of your team and it hasn't been there consistently over the last decade and and I think people Sometimes go too far and be like, "Oh, the Cardinals never had a good pick." Like, oh, okay, I mean, they, they've they've drafted some good players. Unfortunately, some of these players are on other teams now, but they haven't drafted and developed enough good players over the last few years. And to me, that's like trying to build a house, but you mess up the foundation. And everything else you can do is fine, but it's going to crumble at some point when you have injuries because you don't have any depth. So this this draft coming up and, and next year's next few years, if Monty Austinfort can nail the drafts, the Cardinals will be fine. I love that take right there. That is well said by you. Well played. Good. Thank you. I knew I had to get the break, so I, I cut it off. <laughs> well, yeah. Thank you. Uh, all right. When we come back, back to basketball. The Suns' defense was supposed to take a hit with Mikel Bridges gone, but did Kevin Durant maybe indicate that won't necessarily have to happen? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Right up now. The Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Now. Funk soul brother, check it out now. Funk soul brother, right about now. Funk soul brother, check it out now. Funk soul brother, right about now. Funk soul brother, right about now. All right, uh, <laughs> did you expect 
One of the main storylines out of last night's game, Wolf, to be that the Charlotte Hornets had 41 points at halftime. 19 points in the second quarter. Yeah, um, no. Yeah, I did not I, that wasn't that. really what I was looking for or at in that game. But uh, And this, admittedly, of all the things we're going to talk about today, is the one that I'm going to... I'm going to really lean on the it's one game and it's Charlotte. Sure. For how the Suns yes. played defensively. The stuff with KD going off uh, went in limited minutes. I mean, 23 points in 27 minutes. Looking as good as he did. Devin Booker being open and, and putting in 37. I don't think that's going to change a whole lot depending on who the opponent is, unless it's maybe Milwaukee. But I think for about 80 to 85% of the league, those guys are going to get their shots and they're going to hit them. That I think we can expand beyond just one game. The defense... I want to wait and see how much of it was Charlotte, but the Suns looked good defensively last night. Yeah, um, they looked really, really good. As a matter of fact, I wrote down in my notes surprises, some of the surprises, and I had things like the Suns didn't attempt a free throw in the first half. <laughs> that was pretty surprising. And they were still up 16. Extremely surprising to me right there. Uh, the other one was defensive intensity, that it was huge. The defensive intensity, you could almost see that more than you could see their offensive intensity. The defensive intensity seemed to be peaked. And I'm talking about these guys playing together cohesively. That was what I wrote down in my notes. Look at the intensity, DeAndre Hayden. Look at the intensity. Once again, the tone setter that is D.A. If you look at D.A., he played really, really well, I thought, within the scheme last night. I thought he did an excellent job. 16 points, 16 boards, 7 to 10 from the field. This guy, his butt was out, his hands were out, his feet were spread, he had a nice base underneath him. He was playing on the defensive end of the floor, and it jacked me up. It it sets you up when you have, when you are able to add a Durant and you already have Booker, where attention to detail I would imagine now is a lot easier to buy into, right? Because you you can be in a situation where you don't, you know, deep down, you're probably not going all that deep in the playoffs. And so you want to have attention to detail, but maybe it lags on a Tuesday night or whatever. Uh, But now it's like you, what you traded for is something you can't get or other teams can't get, right? So now if you just outwork teams, if you play defense, if the Suns, if the Suns outwork teams and play defense the way they did last night, you already have the part that you can't you can't go out and get, right? Most teams can't go out and get a Devin Booker or a Kevin Durant. You have two of them. So if you just lock down all the other little things now, I, I don't know. I don't know how you beat them in a seven-game series unless you're Milwaukee, Boston, maybe Golden State, maybe. I, I don't know what to make of Golden State right now. No. That, that doesn't necessarily matter at this point. Here's Devin Booker on the team defense last night on the uh, post-game radio. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, we picked it up a lot. Um you know, Kev, you know, he can switch on to any five, exactly. you know, so that's a that's a different look for us, and it's extra rim protection, so you know, you have me, J.O., and C.P., you know, covering on the outside, forcing everybody in, and, you know, having our link down in the paint with, with K.D. and D.A., so, you know, it started out well for us. We slipped up a little bit after that, but, you know, that's something that we need to stick to. It's like you added three players when you added Durant. That's really what it is, because he can he can defend like a center, 
I mean, you just heard Booker say it right there. Yeah. You just put him on the other teams, and, and and he doesn't seem out of place. It's not ridiculous. Yeah, you just have to wonder when human nature takes over for the Phoenix Suns right now. When okay, it's not the first game with KD. When suddenly it's the tenth game with KD. And to your point, on a Tuesday night, you know who knows what's going to happen. Are you going to come out with the same kind of focus, the same kind of intensity? When suddenly everything becomes the norm. This is the new norm. This is how it is. That's what I'm going to be watching going forward. I found the game Tuesday, April 4th against the Spurs. Is it going to be there Tuesday. on Tuesday, April 4th <laughs> against the Spurs? Did you say that when you, when you actually said Tuesday? I didn't, uh, Tuesday I didn't know there was a Tuesday. No I mean, I just, oh, just, you man. know, the, like the lazy Tuesday night <laughs> game against some team that's playing for Victor Wembanyama. That is, yeah, that is it right there. But just watching the game overall, the game really was never out of control for the Phoenix Suns. The, the Hornets never had a lead in this game. Now, I realize it's the Charlotte Hornets. I get it. They've got 20 wins on the season. 20. I understand that. But they never had a lead in this game, and the game never felt like it was in doubt. And the reason being is because of the defensive end of the floor and how well they were playing on the defensive end of the floor. It's, to me. It, that's certainly part of it. Honestly, watching the game... Part of the other reason was anytime Charlotte made a run to make it close, you know in the back of your mind, A, you can always have Durant or Booker out there. You, Monty can run the game where one of those two is always on the floor. But also, hey, Charlotte's getting kind of close. Well, let's just put Durant and Booker back out there, yeah. right? As long as we have a nice lead, we can rest KD a little bit. The second Charlotte gets within like four or five, we'll just put him out there. They'll either give up eight points to him or Booker will score another eight because they can't cover them both. That, to me, was why watching that, you're 100% right. I was like, yeah, Charlotte can go on a run. They're not winning yeah. this game. You know what? I love the fact you said that because Kevin Durant had the highest plus minus of any starter. Plus 13. Any starter for the Suns, he was plus 13. He played 27 minutes and had 23 points. When he was on the floor, Luke, um, the Suns increased their lead. (laughs) When he was on the bench, no, they didn't increase their lead for the most part. If you go back and look at it, it was, I believe, three of the four. Yeah, three of the four times KD came out of the floor because they started him six minutes. Kept him really rigid for the most part. Yeah. With a few exceptions to a six-minute outing, and they brought they brought him out once a quarter, and just watching him go out there and play three of the four times he came onto the floor, the Suns increased their lead over the Hornets three of the four, and that was because of KD and again the defensive end of the floor shutting it down. Uh, you mentioned DeAndre Ayton earlier in the segment. Here he is talking about Durant's competitiveness. Just the way how he talks to us on good plays and stuff like that. Big on defense. It's always communicating for real. He's really very vocal and just really competitive. That's what really stands out. Just the competitiveness and wanting to win. Especially each possession like that. We're starting to see a different side on like, you know, every possession really counts, even if it's regular season. It's one of the most compelling parts of all this, and it's further down the. I mean, the most important thing to me is can the Suns win a title? How does you know how how unstoppable is this offense? But on the list somewhere, Wolf is the interaction between KD and DA because KD is that sort of like 
ultra competitive, can be a leader, all those things DA just said, but yeah. he's not necessarily in your face about it. Yeah. And we've had the Chris Paul will get in DA's face about it. KD kind of has more of a similar personality to DA in some ways. Now he's, you know, he's first ballot Hall of Famer. But I wonder if, if having both those guys gets through to DA a little bit more. DA, I thought was really good last night. No, I thought he was really, really good, too. I thought he was prepared to play. Remember when Kevin Durant said, and when, um, not Kevin Durant, DA, when he said, you know what, wow, you know, I, I've got to be ready to play. Remember he was saying that? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've got to be ready to play each and every game. KD hadn't even played yet. KD had not even played yet. Um, this is something that I think is going to be very beneficial for DA. Just the fact that Kevin Durant, I, I see Kevin Durant more as a big brother to DeAndre Ayton. Chris Paul, (laughs) Devin Booker, I think these guys are going to be, are you looking at me? Are you looking at me? Get in the face. The good cop, bad cop syndrome. I think they're going to be all over them. I think that's not going to change, and I think they have been for the most part, but now they've got that guy. A guy who's maybe more of a beta than he is an alpha. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You need guys like that in the locker room as well. You got a, a, a beta. And now maybe he's more likely to put his arm around DA and say, hey, this is what we need from you. As opposed to in his face. And with DeAndre, maybe that works better. It's an interesting dynamic when you put it that way because it's almost like you have four brothers, and Chris Paul's like the older brother. He's seen everything, right? And DA's like the little brother. And then you got KD and Devin Booker just sort of in the middle. So KD can kind of be that like that link between Aiton and Chris Paul, and then Booker can just go out and score 37. He doesn't have to deal with any of this. Yeah. Like he can just out just put up 37. <laughs> I love that right there. Book, you know what? Just smoke uh, by just, yourself. Uh, yeah, I'll just, just, I'll just, you don't know. worry. Let us handle this. <laughs> I'll, I'll flirt with 40 points every night. You guys figure that all out over there. Yes, and that was one of the cool things about it as well. You, you've been talking about this early, but for me, Devin Booker, and how easy, easy those 37 points were for Devin Booker. Yeah. Now, he might actually say something different to you, but it looked that way. And I realize, again, it's the Charlotte Hornets. I'm not trying to make it out to be the Boston Celtics or the Milwaukee Bucks. I'm not. But listen, you you can only evaluate based on what you have seen. And for a first game right now, man, this is good. Tomorrow's game will be fun. Sunday's game, I think, will start to tell us some stuff when they're playing against Dallas, and, and we see, you know, is it is it that easy for Booker against Dallas? Because it hasn't been for the last what ten months now against Dallas. Dallas. Did you see they're they're one and four? Yeah, they should probably Luka. get that figured out. They're dropping they're one and four, man. And three of those three of those four losses. They lost on the last possession. <laughs> Good. Couldn't happen to a better team. Uh, the way it sets up right now, the Suns, and I get it, there's still 19 games left, but the Suns are currently Tasted. fourth. Golden State has now moved into fifth. Golden State, everybody is kind of just forgetting about them. Dallas has dropped into the play-in tournament right now. So, well, And New Orleans is about to drop out of the play-in tournament. Let's hope Dallas continues to drop. <laughs> and just drop all the way. Just they're two games ahead of the Lakers for eleventh. So go ahead and just you got Kyrie. Go, go ahead and sink right oh, out of the man. the play in picture too. You got Kyrie and you couldn't even make the play in games. Yeah, sorry, that's a shame. How's that days? Uh, all right, we come back. We'll stick with the Suns. Could Kevin Durant help Devin Booker be legendary? We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.